There are plenty of perspectives about the U.S. border crisis, most of them seemingly focused on higher walls, more border police, and a harsher treatment of immigrants who show up uninvited. But what does it look like if our view is beyond the border? There's even more immigration talk than usual this week, with Vice President Kamala Harris making her way into Central America. This is the source of much of the migrant tide that has been rolling to the U.S. for years. A wave of people who have decided that the risks of undertaking a journey on foot across Central America, through Mexico, and to a fortified U.S. border are less than that of staying home. Arriving at such a decision with their lives and the lives of their children literally in the balance speaks to the desperation of their plight. But the presence of Ms. Harris in Guatemala has raised a chorus of voices asking, when are you going to the border? Why not go to the border to see what's really going on there? To follow such a course of understanding is akin to attempting to stop a leak by mopping up the floor. You'll never finish mopping. In all due respect and concern for conditions at our border with Mexico, it's about time that the U.S. showed up in its own neighborhood to discern why all of these immigrants are abandoning their home countries in favor of a slim chance of acceptance into a foreign country where they do not even speak the language. You can imagine the primary motivation of the migrants yourself. Actually, think about this, not as a rhetorical question, but as a real-life decision to be made. Just consider the question, what would you be willing to do for the protection and survival of your family? I suspect that for most, the answer to that would be anything necessary. Most of us have never come close to facing decisions that would imperil the very lives of our children, but it might be a good exercise to tackle in order to really understand the lengths to which we would go for their survival. Human beings harbor at their core a drive to survive, a motivation which might only be exceeded by the innate protection of their children. We are hardwired for the preservation of our offspring to a degree which is difficult to fathom until we are faced with a reality which threatens their well-being. Consider the harrowing stories of families fleeing persecution and certain death during the Holocaust and the wrenching decisions made for their survival. Far beyond even their most frightening nightmares, Families chose to leave behind everything they had in order to escape the brutality of the Nazi regime. Entire families paid exorbitant fees to make dangerous journeys to new, unknown lands of asylum. Faced with the choice of ultimate sacrifice, parents sometimes even dispatched their children alone to friendlier countries without knowing whether they would ever be reunited. In historical context, we look back on such desperate actions as heroic and loving, humans at their most morally vulnerable and deserving of our deepest empathy and respect. People in Central America 
face nothing less. The threats they face have no singular identity to despise, such as the abhorrent Nazi. But the oppression and brutality of governments and gangs is identical to that against which all allied nations fought. You and I are no different in this. When reduced to survival instincts, we will do whatever is required. So if circumstances dictate that the best chance for a child's survival is a 2,100-mile hike across the desert and possible separation from family thereafter, then it's a choice any of us will likely make. If Vice President Harris has not previously considered her own parental instincts on such a question, I trust that she will after this diplomatic trip. There is another primary answer to the why in immigration. It can be found in the history between the United States and its Central American neighbors. In short, much of the political disaster and corruption within Central American political history has been fomented by our own country. We find ourselves at the end of a long chain of events which has set up, toppled, paid off, threatened, and otherwise interfered with Central American governments for our own short-term political and economic advantages. But the treasure to be found in military bases, bananas, and coffee is inevitably short-lived. The effects of government interference are not. As a result, we are now facing the impacts of U.S. destabilization that has made life in some Central American countries untenable for many of its less affluent citizens. As in the case of Nicaragua, where U.S. intervention, threats, and bullying have been the hallmarks of our diplomacy, current authoritarian Daniel Ortega may well have decided that if his nation was going to face a forced existence, the muscle should at least be Nicaraguan, namely his. The U.S. has sown some toxic seeds in the Americas, and the weeds are now choking the flowers. In the end, the result is the same in each of the countries where people are fleeing for their lives. Survival is worth the risk. Central American countries are not sending their murderers and rapists, as our former president once proclaimed. Rather, a great many ordinary people have finally reached their tipping points. Choosing the prospect of immigration hope, however small that may be, to the desolation of hopelessness. It's actually not too hard to understand once you imagine yourself and your family beyond the border.